Yo, yo, yo. Welcome. Episode three of the Tough League podcast. I am here joined by my buds, my brother, Nathaniel Musser. How we doing, man? I've been better, if I'm being completely honest with you. Uh, the college basketball bets tonight, not great. Uh, a little scared to tell my wife how it's going. So, uh, <laughs> you know, we live and we learn. Yeah, that's about a, a, an everyday occurrence for us. Yeah, it's like, yeah, when CBB betting's going really well, we tell the wives when it's going really bad, we keep it to ourselves. No need to bring it up. It's going bad. We just move on to the next day like it never happened. Uh, Jesse Ridge, blood brother of my own. How are we doing, man? How's the last week been? Oh, doing well, man. I, I went to the uh, the golf range today. I believe I fixed uh, my swing. And, you know, I probably shaved about five, six strokes off, so I'm ready to come back to Raleigh and uh, whoop that ass, if you know what I'm saying. Okay. Oh, yeah, because last time you came to Raleigh a few weeks back, uh, Logan was wiping the floor with everybody out on the golf course. You really do love to see it. And, you know, every time you go to the range, you walk off like, yeah, if I played the course, that's about a 65 on the course that day because <laughs> sure, sure. the range was going so well. Um, boys, this isn't just the Logan-Jesse-Niz special here. What? We are joined. I even added an extra yo to the intro. It was a third yo because we have – another tough leaguer we have a tough league founding father the co-commissioner the spreader of those xl spread cheeks the father of a new york borough the man that thinks of a black and white spherical ball when you mention football his style in the basketball court has once been compared to goron tragic the man behind the creation of the tough league logo and all of its accompanying graphics we have the man himself andrew boteri joining us on the tough league podcast it's now a four-man pod he was supposed to come last week had some prior engagements i think it was a little something something with the wifey on the beach but he's here today on this wednesday night what do we got andrew how are we doing man welcome it is a pleasure to be here to be with you boys uh yeah last week was supposed to be the great debut uh but the old father-in-law had the 60th birthday so we had a little trip out to the beach house had a little small family gathering. Had to be safe with the COVID. So only the the nearby's uh, came out and then uh, li- li- lived it up for a little bit. We uh, went out Thursday night and then beers. I mean, we lost count of how many beers we had that weekend. My, my father-in-law is a huge uh, craft beer guy. So we just, uh, he had like, I don't know sure how many four packs, so like a couple of cases and we just burned through them over the weekend. So it was a good weekend, but I'm, I'm glad to be here making my debut with you guys and uh, see what we can get into. I love it. And you're sounding very crispy, very silky, smooth, natural on the mic. It feels good in the AirPods. It feels good in the ears over here. I say AirPods specifically in case Apple's listening, wants <laughs> us to get us a sponsorship going on here. Sponsor but, one Ange, time, please. Yeah, just go on Apple, please, please, please give us some soccer or something. I don't know. But uh, Ange, we talked about on episode one, Niz gave us a breakdown of how toughly came to be a little bit. I know you're the co-founder, the co-commissioner. And I want to hear a little bit from you. Where did, where did Tough League originate? How did the thought process come about? Uh, where did this just genius idea of a three-sport combined fantasy league that involves a 56-round draft of all three sports? Tell us a little bit about it, the creation, the mindset. We want to hear a little bit more about it. So something you'll, you'll learn uh, from getting to know me a little bit better and, and Nate as well is that my memory has gone straight mush. And I think it's because I had a child. Uh, well, I didn't give birth to a child, but my wife did. Uh, <laughs> and since then, my long-term memory is uh, pretty non-existent. And Nate will come in with memories. He reminds me of things about like my dad that I don't even re- remember. 
calling him Jolly Green Giant, all these different uh, high school uh, phenom uh, highlights that my dad had back in the day. But yeah, I think it was back in uh, 2014, like late 2014 is kind of when the idea came to mind. Uh, I moved back uh, up home here to Northern California and then uh, Nate was already back home. So we kind of linked back up, started hanging out a lot more uh, once I moved back. And then I think it was just kind of a natural progression, kind of like what he said with the hypothetical of who you would, who would you draft uh, if you had a number one pick over three leagues. Um, and then, yeah, in the next year uh, we got some people together. I started up a, actually started with a website. We, we had a tough league.com, um, but uh, learning website management didn't really uh, pan out. So we just stuck with Google sheets from there on out a little bit more my speed. Um, then we had that mega draft 2015, which really was uh, exciting as you guys detailed in the first episode, um, much longer than we expected. Uh, it was like a two day marathon, um, but that was really kind of the, what kicked off the excitement for the league. And we had a good bunch of people that we got in uh, a couple of people have dropped off as you guys have mentioned, but um, yeah, it, it's, it's, it's been a, a whirlwind of excitement sports. It's really become my, my sole uh, fantasy uh, leagues I'm in. It's actually the only one I'm in for all three sports. So um, it's been my, my uh, pride and joy. You really and, do love to see that. Go ahead, Nate. There's a, there's a little bit of modesty happening here. I mean, I, we, <laughs> we like to call ourselves kind of the godfathers of, of this league. Um, and I think Ange's strength has come from keeping the organization of this whole thing together. Like if it was up to me, we would just be operating off of like a blackboard and I'd be like telling <laughs> things by hand, but no, he's got spreadsheets. He's got uh, detailed lists of, of rules he's gone through. He's done all this stuff. He's, he's tracked all these trades. He's doing the settings for all the leagues. Like I, I, I like to throw out a lot of crazy ideas and then Andrew like makes it happen, makes it clean, uh, gets it done in a way that we can all manage and uh, so he, he is the guy kind of behind the scenes who makes sure that we know what the hell we're doing. Um, so, I mean, big ups. I'm just happy to see the guy here. Uh, I'm ready for his insight. He is uh, one of a kind. Yeah, I mean, and that's pretty much birthed from uh, me trying to find an excuse not to work. So uh, if I can <laughs> find during the day, if I can drum up an Excel sheet or uh, do some kind of graphics from my two months of community college education, uh, <laughs> then, then I'm happy to do it. And you mentioned, Nate, you mentioned the uh, keeping track of trades in a spreadsheet because as many of you know, this isn't just football for football trades, baseball for baseball trades, basketball for basketball trades. This is basketball for baseball. This is football for basketball. This is one baseball player for two basketball players and so on and so forth, including draft picks. And there is no system built into the internet right now that you can refer back to and see what trade happened. Yeah, if you did football for football, you look back in the transactions and see, hey, this guy got traded for this guy, but no. You can't see LeBron James traded for Mike Trout. That's not in Yahoo. That's not an ESPN. That's nowhere to be seen. That is in the Andrew Boteri Google Drive uh, Excel spreadsheet. I guess not Excel. That would be Google Sheets spreadsheet for all of us to keep track on. So we want to refer back to those trades, which we will do in future podcasts on uh, things that have happened in the, in the past. We can do that. So, Ange, before we move on, let me ask you one question. And the maturation of what Tough League has become back in 2014, when it was simply a conversation between you and your buddies in college to pass the time and drink some beer, what has Tough League become that you could never imagined? What, what has been the, the biggest growth of Tough League has it lasted longer than you expected? Just tell us a little bit about what has come of it that you weren't imagining back in 2014. Yeah, I mean, I think there's a, an obvious answer for me uh, to that question, and, and that's uh, the group of people being involved. The the uh, the constant chatter we have 
um, the, uh, the, the jabs that we throw at each other, um, the sports talk, you know, we kind of cover it all in our group chat. That's kind of evolved into this um, uh, snowball effect of just something that's just continued to grow year over year um, as our relationships with each other have, have gotten stronger. Um, inside jokes have gotten deeper. Um, you know, that's kind of what's kind of been the glue, I think, of all. Cause, I mean, everyone plays fancy sports and they come and they go. But um, I think the um, especially with like the franchise, the cross sports trades, all that kind of stuff that, that you look at, it's, it's really unique and it's exciting. And um, I think the people uh, within the league are kind of what uh, keep it together and keep it moving forward for sure. The, uh, the camaraderie, you may say. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Don't ask me to spell it. As, as we go into uh, deep inside jokes of what Tough League is, and Tough League's almost become the group tie in and of itself, right? It's been, it's more than just a three sport fantasy league. It's just 10, a uh, group of 10 friends that have just, like, I, I, in case you guys don't know, I've never met Andrew in person. <laughs> but yep. we have been in this fantasy league for six years him and his wife were invited to my wedding as long uh, along with other tough leagues that i have not met all invited to my wedding it's become those videos that you see online of uh, xbox or playstation friends that play online for 10 years and finally meet in person that's what this has become and it's all thanks again to andrew boteri nathaniel musser themselves just drumming up this idea and making it a reality and we're here today in our sixth seventh season of tough league and now in the fantasy football playoffs of the NFL part of the tough league season. And with that being said, I believe our very own Nathaniel Musser has uh, a recap of the final week uh, or the second to last week of uh, fantasy play or fantasy regular season. What we in a section we like to call musings with Musser that will cover the tough league in the past week. Nate, take it away. What do we got? First off, I'm just going to preface this by saying uh, the timing of this is not ideal. I've got uh, San Diego plus 20 and a half right now. I believe I tweeted that out to some of the followers today. They are, uh, we got about three and a half minutes left. They are down 20 on the nose. So my uh, oh boy. stress level is high right now, but I'm going to give you my best effort here for the Musters Musings. Uh, we're going to look back at the week that was for fantasy football, tough league, so Parapod hosts went head-to-head in a loser-goes-home match this week, and as expected, Andrew sent Logan home to his mommy for cuddles and kisses. Shout out Mrs. Rich, friend of the podcast. Ange benefited from the return of Lamar Jackson and solid weeks from Dalvin Cook and James Robinson. Antonio Gibson's early exit from the Steelers game sank Logue's playoff hopes and emotional well-being all at once. And for the second straight season, he and fantasy stud Patty Mahomes will be watching the fantasy playoffs from home. I mean, technically, that's where all of us will be watching it from. But what I mean to say is invitations will be sent out to the playoff teams. And just like the smelly kid in class, Logue, not invited. That's hurtful. (laughs) On the smelly kid in class, that's like my worst nightmare. I'm just saying... Patty deserves better. That's that's all there is. I, I, I don't know how I have a key, I have three keepers every year of Patrick Mahomes, Travis Kelsey, and Saquon Barkley, and I haven't made playoffs in like three years. And it's the most frustrating thing in the world. I thought I had a chance this year after, after we talked earlier about starting really bad, and I was making a run. And of course, I look at the matchup. I'm like, okay, Ange and us are basically tied, maybe down two points going into Monday Night Football or Sunday Night or Monday Night Football, and I have Brandon Ayuk and Anthony Gibson left to go. And I'm like, just give me 15 from each. 
Lamar Jackson hasn't hit 30 all year. He's kind of in a, in a funk right now where he's not playing 2019 Lamar football. Give me 15 from IU. Give me 15 from Antonio Gibson. And we call it a day. IU goes out there, gets his 18. And what does Antonio Gibson do? A 14 yard run and gets turf toe. Womp, womp. Peyton Barber gets a touchdown. JD McKissich gets 10 freaking receptions for 70 plus yards. All oh my points. That could have went to Antonio Gibson himself, and I end up losing to the man no. himself, Andrew, by eight points. Yeah, no, I kind of, I kind of snuck out with the uh, with the W on that one. I wasn't feeling very confident because uh, Lamar Jackson has been a bit of a dud for me this year. Plus, coming off uh, the week that he missed with COVID, I mean, I really didn't know what to expect from him. So um, once. Uh, Gibson went down. I knew I had a chance. And then when Lamar had that, that big, uh, that long touchdown run early in the game, I felt like I was uh, smooth sailing from there, but uh, yeah, by no means was it uh, a clear path for me to get that W, but I still got some work uh, cut out for me for the, for the uh, last week to see if I can punch a ticket to the, to the big dance. 37 yard touchdown run that like, I just watched my playoff hopes just die right in front of me every yard that he got across with not one single Dallas Cowboy player in his way. Just the absolute red carpet rolled out from the middle of the field. He didn't have to scramble. It was, oh, you're just going to give me 37 yards straight up the middle, red carpet, white glove treatment. Sure. Don't mind if I do. No one even close to him over right then and there. Lamar Jackson did his thing. Unfortunate for myself. I'm done. Yeah, that was a wrap at that point. Uh, matchup number two, we had Brady and Al uh, facing an uphill challenge after Sunday's action. Brady needed every bit of Josh Allen's dissection of the 49ers on Monday night, plus a little extra help from Zeke on Tuesday evening. He managed to squeak out a six-point win over Al, who is comfortably in the playoffs. Brady now has a win-and-in matchup coming up this week. His opponent, the aforementioned Logan Ridge, the host, who mm. will try and play spoiler with a depleted roster. When asked if he was worried about losing out to Logue, Braid began laughing and has not yet stopped. <laughs> <laughs> oh, he should. I mean, uh, my, my team's just demoralized. Braid might just take this. I have nothing else to say. If Mahomes and Kelsey can't do it, I don't know what can. And he can't. Uh, if you haven't noticed, Logan, uh, real quick, uh, how I've been kind of nice about how I beat you, it's because I need you to beat uh, Big T uh, this weekend. I'm always really ulterior happy. motives. Yeah, no, that, yeah, that's a major key for me, so I'm not going to rub in my win too much right now because I don't want you to sure. um, sabotage my chances, but uh, I need you big time. That's just smart karma right there. Third matchup <laughs> of the week, uh, Big T kept his playoff hopes alive with a lackluster win over Kelly. Uh, one might say that all wins over Kelly are lackluster and one would be correct, but he needed absolute stinkers from both James White and Raheem Mostert to maintain his lead and win. Uh, Kelly is now mathematically eliminated, although she was realistically eliminated since week one. Uh, she will now <laughs> attempt to redeem herself from the comments that I just made in a week 14 matchup against yours truly. Uh, victory will be mine. Uh, but T will need to beat Andrew this week by more than six points and have Brady lose to Logan to snag that final playoff spot. So he is hanging on by a thread. I don't know if I'm playing spoiler this week and I don't think Sis is going to be very happy about that, but she's not very happy about much that we say about her <laughs> in the chats anyway. <laughs> Generally, no. <laughs> uh, well, this one's a special one close to my heart. Uh, matching the fateful number of deadly sins, Niz, 
present, made it seven wins in a row, unleashing his wrath on poor Gene, a glutton for punishment. Uh, Nate felt great pride in his last minute of Mike Gesicki, who rattled off 19 fantasy points, and Devontae Adams continues to be the envy of the league. Gene needn't be greedy for a win next week as his playoff status is cemented, but a chance at the top seed likely has him feeling pretty lusty. Uh, Sloth is the last deadly sin, but good luck working that into a fantasy football recap. Todd Gurley and Carry on Johnson were slothy for Gene this week. No, it doesn't. It doesn't work. Uh, the final matchup of the week is Jesse and Sows. They faced off in a matchup that happened. Uh, with absolutely zero playoff circumstances on the line, Sauce, who famously stated he wouldn't lose a single time this season, picked up a meaningless fifth victory. The matchup was the equivalent of like a kindergarten basketball game. You know, no one really wins. No one really loses. We just hope that everyone involved had fun. So good luck <laughs> next year, gents. It's time to let the big boys play. And that has been your Musters Musing, the Tough League Fantasy Recap, sponsored by my wife who gave me a genuine good job, honey, when I told her that I'd beaten my friend seven times in a row in imaginary football. And that, that felt pretty good. Back to you, Logger. Yeah. We got some good matchups going in Tough League. Jez, do you have anything to say for yourself about what Niz just said? Or are you just going to take your uh, bottom of the standings and just kind of move on with your life and get on to basketball? Uh, I'm, I'm going to take my hits uh, per usual. And um, that matchup wasn't only just uh, bragging rights, as Sauce is my boss in real life. Um, and I've just been taking L's in the fantasy football. I'll get him, I'll get him back next year. Well, that being said, that's what's going on in Tough League. We have some nail-biting matchups, matchups getting us into the playoffs. So we're going to go from some imaginary football to some real-life money on it, affecting the bank account, getting significant others mad, betting on football. And we're going straight into the recap of week 13. And you know what? I'm going to start at the top because our man, Nathaniel, Nate, Diz the Wiz, gave us three college football picks. And you know what he did? Housed them. He got the rebound at one end. He dribbled it up court, got through defenders, slammed it home, house to house, three picks correct, starting us off with West Virginia against Iowa State under 49 and a half. It was a bit of a sweat. I tweeted a couple of wrong things. I thought I had the over, but it's actually the under. Good thing. Iowa State, 42 to six, covered by a point and a half. The junky fun game of the week. Akron minus two over Bowling Green, two 0 and 4 teams. Akron pulled it out, an absolute blowout. Maybe Bowling Green should have got a couple more points than just two, 31 to three. And of course, Nate, for the second week in a row, brings home the pound town lock of the week, punches his ticket, goes to the terminal, gets on the plane, takes his middle seat and says, I'm going to pound town because I took TCU money line against a ranked team straight up. Didn't care about the points. Didn't want the one and a half. He wanted the money line. He said, give me TCU straight up. And you know what they did? They fumbled the ball a ton. They turned it over, but they still won. 29 to 22. Nate, how'd the week go? Just tell us about how does it feel to just get them all right? You know, as a as the undefeated podcaster of the week, I know we've had one uh, each week to this point. Um, I, I just feel like, yeah, I, I know what I'm doing, you guys. Like, I know, I know things that you just don't know, and um, it feels good. It feels like I'm doing what I'm supposed to be doing. Um, you know, 
Logue tried to jinx me a little bit with that West Virginia over. He's like teasing it for points. He wants he wants everybody on Twitter rooting for points. I'm like, no, motherfucker. Listen, we want the under. Uh, we were able to pull that out. West Virginia kicked a real nice field goal late in the game when they were down like 36 or something like that. Uh, it meant absolutely nothing for the total. I loved it. Um, Akron took care of business over Bowling Green. I think maybe Bowling Green doesn't belong in D1 for this this season. Like they should just take it off like their their offense is atrocious Akron can't stop anybody and Bowling Green still just couldn't get the job done at all against them uh they should be embarrassed um you know the the last one was a fun one to watch I loved seeing TCU out there they definitely made it be a sweat I think they had five fumbles in the game and still managed to pull it out over Oklahoma State as I said before Oklahoma State's quarterback Spencer Sanders not good. TCU's defense is good. TCU's quarterback, not good. So they did, they were able to overcome, you know, the shortcomings from the quarterback. He ended up just stopped throwing the ball and just started running. It worked out way better. Um, I felt real good about the, uh, the TCU money line, that line just stunk anyways. And, and as it often does, it paid off for us. And you know what? We were all sweating it on a Saturday. We're all just loving the action. And who can be mad about three wins? I hope you folks were following. I know we had some followers on NFL. I hope we had the followers on CFB. And if you didn't, we have another CFB wizard with us now to double up the CFB action. You just know Jesse and I aren't going CFB. We have Niz always hammering it, but no one backing him up. And now we have Andrew who will join us a little later on again to give us some of his picks. And I know he's going a little CFB to give a little tease to you guys, but we still need to recap what else happened in week 13. And what happened in week 13 was Jess coming back from a one and two week, picked a team to cover that got shut out. Don't even bring it up again, but recovered with a nice two and one week. Colts minus three covering on a 26 20 victory against the Texans and Saints minus three on a 21 16 victory over the Falcons. And one thing I want to mention Colts minus three with a minute 28 left in the fourth quarter. The Texans had a 60 60% chance of covering the spread. 128 left in the quarter. And what happened? Fumble in the red zone. Saints against the Falcons, 149 left in the fourth quarter. The Falcons had a 61% chance of covering. And what happened? Drive stalled. Hail Mary went up. Hail Mary touched the ground. Saints covered minus three. And we gave Jesse crap about the Colts potentially being a minus three trap. And you know what the real trap of the day was? It was the Arizona Cardinals <laughs> giving points to the uh, or uh, three points against the Los Angeles Rams. Might have been the real trap of the day. Kyler Murray probably still very hurt. Team's really keying on on that offense. And when Kyler can't do a thing on the on the ground. There's not much else going on for them. So, Jez, tell us about your two-in-one week, the frustrations with the Cardinals. What do you got? Yeah, ended, I ended the week a little frustrated, but I can't be mad at a 2-1 star. I believe I took a fan to my couch of how much I sweated. Uh, I ringed out about a gallon, a bucket a gallon of sweat uh, from my couch uh, with that uh, Saints and uh, Colts cover, that fumble at the end. I couldn't believe it. Um, the, the Falcons, uh, they should have won that game. They had three straight drives with under five minutes, and, and they, they shouldn't have scored a touchdown. But Saints D held up, um, and Colts also should have lost that game. Um, Deshaun Watson fumbled the snap, and uh, I covered two. And the, the Cardinals is – I watched that entire game, the Cardinals, and, and I put it – I don't put the blame on Kyler Murray, but I put the entire blame on Cliff Kingsbury. He, um, he's not using Kyler right. 
uh, five rushes for 15 yards for one of the most dynamic quarterbacks in the league. Are you kidding me? That's awful. Um, I believe they should have beat the Rams. The Rams aren't that good. Um, I, you know, I can't be mad at two and one. No, I mean, you really got to take that two and one is a good week. Uh, got the two spreads early in the game, just missed on the, the pound town three and three overall. Unfortunately, the pound towns haven't been working out for you so far, but you know what? There's plenty of weeks to go to turn that around. And we'll go back to me. We'll knock this out really quick because my week wasn't that great. After a 3-0 start in week 13, we were in week 12, I went with the Jags plus 10.5 as my spicy pick. And you know what? Big log put put $20 down on the Jags money line. Ooh, and I wanted it. God, I thought I, I, I could almost taste the Jags money line that day. The Vikings, and everyone say it with me, if you follow us on Twitter, the Jags are poopy, or the Vikings are poopy. They're not very good. I, I like a lot of individual players on that team. Justin Jefferson, Adam Thielen, Dalvin Cook, great players. Like them a lot. Even uh, Madison, I like a lot. But as, as a squad themselves, they let the Jags almost beat them. They had it. They missed a game-winning field goal in regulation. Jags missed a game-winning field goal in regulation. And the Vikings actually took two drives to vic- to get the victory. Lucky for them, Mike Lennon is just – probably shouldn't be starting in a, in a go-pack, by the way. Shouldn't be starting in, a, in an NFL game. And then I had uh, 49ers minus one. No excuses. The Bills just tore it up. That was – yeah, that was a bad one. Public was all over the Bills. I was feeling so good about the Niners. Made some side bets with friends that are Bills fans. Uh, one being Sis, friend of the show, uh, tough league manager. Did not work out. Uh, Bills just tore up the zone defense of the Niners. 10-yard games uh, gains at a time. And then my pound town was Chiefs minus 14, which I'm still salty about. Four red zone trips in the first half. Four field goals. Tyreek Hill caught a touchdown was called incomplete that no one even questioned to review that should have been a touchdown because it didn't even come close to hitting the ground. You review it. The refs take a one quick look at it, come back out. They realize it doesn't touch the ground and it's a touchdown. And then you have a Tyree kill long touchdown called back by holding and the chiefs still win by six. That catch was absolutely wild. And I don't think I've ever seen that in an NFL game where a team scores a touchdown. They have the ball they go ahead and punt it instead of calling for the challenge there. Like just absolutely wild. Nobody knew what was going on after the fact we had that, that clarity, that 2020 clarity, but it was like, <laughs> how do they not take a second look at that and have somebody uh, have somebody call in for a review? I was joking in the group chat, like did the review guy just go and he just like had bad tacos and he really had to go take a shit. And it was just <laughs> like, he could not be bothered to, to chime in on that, but what a weird play. That was the strangest thing ever. I'm upset about it. Uh, I'll take my L on Niners minus one. I think Chiefs minus 14 was the right play. I was on the wrong side of variance on that one. But I'll take my one and two week. Uh, I'll take my overall four and two and my one on one on the pound towns. As a tough league, we were six and three on the week. So if you followed all of our bets, you should be in the green. And we're three and three on the pound town locks. We'll do better for you guys moving forward. And as I say that, let's get into week 14, huh? We have our picks ready. We have Andrew Boteri here with us, uh, ready to contribute as well. Nate, what are your what's your first pick? I know you're going CFB. Are you going to change it up and go NFL? What do you got for us? No, I'm going to keep it. I'm going to keep it CFB. I feel I feel pretty strongly. Uh, I found my groove last week. I think I'm going to keep with it. Um, I've got, <laughs> I've got a little bit of an obscure obscure pick again this week, but I feel <laughs> pretty confidently about it. I'm going to stick with some action. We've got some early morning action on Saturday. We have Buffalo and Akron. 
Now, for those of you who don't know, Buffalo is actually a pretty damn good team. They have a, a running back who last week had eight touchdowns on the ground and 400 yards rushing. It was a pretty historic event, but nobody really paid any attention because it is the Mac. Uh, but Jarrett Patterson is a beast. Um, and he is facing an Akron team that is not good. Um, so I think this game is going to be a blowout. Unfortunately, the number is 32 and a half, and I don't really want to touch a number that big. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to take Buffalo and Akron total over 33 and a half first half. I think Buffalo is going to pound these points in early. Akron might get a junk touchdown in there. I'm thinking like 35-7 going into half. And we get an easy cash there on the over for the first half. Hey, you're, you're blazing trails again with the first halftime total bet in tough pick history. Last Don't. week, the first pound town money line. And now the first half, you can't be afraid to get a little weird with these bets. You know, <laughs> you, you feel it in the gut. I think uh, Buffalo has been putting up points in the first half. Uh, they might take the foot off the pedal in the second half. So I think first half is the way to go. Like it going Back to the Akron well with the opposite side of it. Got to respect it. Jess, get us going on the NFL train or CFB. Uh, you know I'm not going CFB. That's uh, it's not my <laughs> style. I know nothing about CFB. I'm too frustrated watching CFB. It's not good football. But we're going to move to NFL where the, um, the pros play. Um, and nobody's going to like this pick. It's spicy. Um, it's a bad team. But I think they pull out the win. Give me Bears money line. Um, I'm going to ride the cold streak that the Texans are on. Will Fuller suspended. Um, only two wins on the road for the Texans, and it's against Jacksonville and Detroit. We know how awful those teams are. Uh, Chicago defensive line is going to eat the Texans' O-line's lunch. Public is 64% on the Texans. Give me Bears in a very close game, 21-20 Bears. I like it. The Bear, you haven't been a Bear stand on this pod. I think you've mentioned two or three times that you like the Bears. You don't want to see the Bears in the playoffs, so – I do like the way. Bears. I like. I don't. I didn't like Nick Foles, but I do like Mitchell Trubisky. I think. Um, I think he's the future of the Bears, and, and you know he's had two straight good weeks. We got some spicy takes up in here. What do you think about that? <laughs> Mitchell is the future? Question mark. <laughs> I don't know. Can we timestamp this and cut it and post it all <laughs> over social media? <laughs> There's a lot of people in Chicago who are ready to run Mitchell out of out of town. Can I just say? that I know that he goes by Mitchell now and he came into the league. He was Mitch. I, the Mitchell just rubs me the wrong way. Be Mitch, shorten it. Don't be, don't be that guy. Let us just call you Mitch Trubisky flows off the tongue better. Don't just enough. <laughs> just be Mitch and move on and throw your interceptions and lose games. All right. And we kind of, we talked recaps, which you weren't a part of unfortunately last week, but now you're here. I'm here. Start us off with something fire. What do you got for us, man? Give us your inaugural pick. Yes. So, so as you mentioned earlier, um, I also like to dabble in college football, huge college football fan. Uh, went to San Diego state when I was there, uh, my four years, uh, they were trash, but I went to every single game. Uh, me and my buddy, uh, created an offense sign with a, like a 3d off switch. And, uh, we'd be in the front row and the end zone because nobody else is at the stadium. So we got the front row seats every time. <laughs> And uh, yeah, anytime we went to a party, ran into a football player. Hey, we're the offense guys. And they go, oh, yeah, I know who you are. Cause like the real people uh. look at in the stands. So it was cool. Um, but that being said, um, you know, I, I think winning college football bets is good, uh, but winning them before Saturday is great. Uh, so I got a little Friday action. We got uh, Utah at Colorado. 
Um, it's going to be a, a bit of a junky game. Oh, I see Nate getting a little upset over there. Uh, so what we got <laughs> here, uh, it's going to be cold, real cold in the 20s all day. Um, snow, might be some flurries going on. Uh, both teams strong defensively. Uh, it's both top 25, or I'm sorry, top 45 in defensive efficiency with Utah being number seven. Um, so I, I'm liking both teams. Uh, I think there's going to be a lot of clock running. It's going to be a little an ugly game. I think it's going to be a low-scoring game. Um, in fact, in the last five matches between these two teams, uh, the under has hit in four of the five. So I think we're looking at um, a score about 21-17, maybe a 23-20 type finish. Uh, the line opened at 51 and a half. Um, currently is at 48 and a half. Um, so even though it's dropping, I still like a low number here. So I'm going to go under 48 and a half Utah at Colorado. Ridge brothers do not like the unders. No, do we, don't, we don't like, like the unders, unders in this world, you know, but if you're feeling good about it, Utah, Colorado, cold game, I can see a cold game going under. I wouldn't bet it just because I just don't like rooting for unders, but you know what? Because my buddy here, Andrew, bet it. I'm rooting for it. I'm going to bet on it myself. We're getting hey, that money you know, out you know, there. If you know on one under. thing about me, I'm a big time sweater, uh, whether it has to do with <laughs> bet or not. I sweat as it is, so might as well have started from the kickoff. You want me to bet an under on a college football game that I have no idea who the offenses are? I'm not game. Absolutely not. <laughs> I'm in. Count me in. I'm going to do it, and I'm going to go to an over-under total bet myself, but I'm going back to the NFL. And I'm going back to my boys from last week, and I'm going with the Jags and Titans to hit the over 53 with the Titans at seven and a half point favorites. I see Jesse's face. You guys don't see on the camera, but he gave me the Ooh, grit the teeth. That's exactly why I'm doing it. Cause every single person that looks at the 53 is going to be like, there is no way in hell a Titans and Jags are going over 53. So I'm saying I kind of agree, but that's not how the world works. I'm taking the over 53 because no one else is doing it. Uh, in Titans contest, they actually average the fifth most snaps in the entire league and the most total points in their games at 57.1 surprisingly because you do know that tennessee Titans move at a pretty slow pace and actually don't pass the ball a ton but you know who they have at running back is the big dog the white walker december derrick henry again is another beast and like many running backs unlike many running backs that slow the game down and get four or five yards at a time derrick henry can actually speed games up because he can break off a 94 yard run like no one else's business so you can have a derrick henry game and still have the game move at a quick pace can still have a game go over because he can just make the game move quickly with those big long runs titans rank third in in no huddle rate and the titans are the fifth the fifth quickest offense in the uh, on the season in the entire league and with and for the Jags at the same time obviously the Jags need to keep up to get the game over right so with Glennon as a starter no team has <laughs> this is crazy because it, again it's Mike Glennon no team has attempted more deep pass attempts than he has <laughs> since Mike Glennon has started and the team has been moving at a much quicker pace with Glennon at quarterback they're just letting him sling the thing around for whatever reason, nothing to lose, whatever, get out there, throw deep passes. And maybe he'll connect this boy, DJ Chark on a long touchdown this week. Give me the Titans and Jags over 53. Lock it in. There's Nate, nothing, there's nothing quite as comforting as just putting your, your hopes on Mike Glennon and just letting him <laughs> take you to the promised land. I love it. Um, actually, I, I actually don't hate it as much as uh, my facial expression was, but the Browns did just drop a 40-burger on them in Tennessee, Baker Mayfield. Um, but Mike Glennon is not Baker Mayfield. 
I see the Jags scoring maybe 20 points, if that. Um, <laughs> yeah, I, I hope they get the over. I'm going to be betting it, but um, I see like a, maybe a 28, 24 game short. Ah, over 53. Book it. There's what you got. Um, going to stay at college football. Uh, got kind of a weird one this week. Uh, Missouri has snuck into the top 25, which feels weird because they haven't really had any semblance of an offense since uh, Drew Locke was there. Uh, but they have this freshman quarterback who's taken over uh, Connor Basilak. I'm going to go ahead and guess that's his last name, but he's a little bit of a gunslinger. <laughs> he's uh, completing passes at close to a 70% clip. They've got Georgia coming into town this week, and Georgia's a good football team. They're probably a great football team. But the thing is, is that Georgia is really kind of done for the year. They've got Florida that's coming out of that side of the conference. Florida Bama is going to be our SEC championship. And I don't think there's really much motivation for the Bulldogs coming in uh, to this Missouri team. That's kind of been underrated, underappreciated all season long. I think this, this Basilac kid is going to come in. Not only do I think he's going to cover the spread. I think there is a legitimate chance that as 13 point underdogs, the, the Tigers go ahead and win this one. I'm not going to go ahead and splash that as my <laughs> official pick, um, but I am going to take the Missouri Tigers plus 13 at home against those Georgia Bulldogs. There it is. Missouri plus 13. Nice big spread. Wish you had 14, 13 you have to deal with. <laughs> you know, I mean, it's, it, you're always aiming for that 14, but uh, like I said, I feel like, I feel like this one might be just one of those weird games where Missouri jumps out in front. Neither of the teams I think are going to, are going to splash too many points on the board. But I, like I said, I think it could be a, a real close game or, or Missouri comes out in front, so I'm not really worried about coming in under the, under the 14. Hey, if you think it's going to be one of those slow-paced slogs, taking those big points I think is a great strategy. I might do it on my next pick, but we'll see. Got two people in front of me. Ooh. I don't know. Uh, most, what do you got for us? You went Bears money line on his first pick. Where are you going next? Yeah, I'm going to uh, fully buy into the Jalen Hurts project. Give me Eagles Ooh. plus seven at home against the Saints. Um it's his, uh, it's his first start of his career. Uh, mobile QBs, you know, give defenses fits. Will the Saints Saints have a very uh, superior defense? We'll see how that goes. Um, but, you know, the Saints struggled against Bridgewater, and that's the only mobile QB they faced this year. But they pulled out a 27-24 win. That's a cover if they, that ends that way, the Eagles cover. 68% of the public on the Saints, giving the Eagles all day. 28-24 uh, Saints. I'd also oh, like to add yeah. – I also like to add a little side bet – um, Eagles over 17 and a half total points. Uh, they've only scored under 17 points once this season with Carson Wentz. I think Jalen Hurts does better. Um, Saints are going to struggle containing Hurts. I like it. Just we like to fade the public at Tough League. That's what we do. That's how we roll out here. Nate, what do you got? Uh, I think Andrew's up, but a quick, quick addition. Uh, I would just like to say I am so ready for the Carson Wentz era to be over. Jalen oh, Hurts deserves a shot. <laughs> Carson Wentz loves to hand the football to the other team. Give the kid a give the kid a go. Yeah, I'm excited to watch. Hurts. It's way overdue. I'm so yeah. tired of watching Carson Wentz. It's a shame. All right, Ange, you hit us with the we hit us with an under on your inaugural pick. Where are you going next? All right, so now now we're gonna switch over to Sunday. Go to the gridiron here, um, and I'm looking at the Cardinals at the New York Giants. Uh, the Cardinals have lost three straight and four or five. Uh, while the G-men, uh, as we all know, are on that four-game win streak. Um, both these teams are tra- trending in opposite directions, and I think uh, Col- uh, Colt McCoy has provided enough of a veteran spark uh, for the Giants here, uh, especially with their defense being so impressive the last uh, few weeks. Um, you, you see the Cardinals traveling across country. 
got the early kickoff, uh, got a home dog getting points, all signs here point uh, to G-Men plus two. So I'm going to take that as my my second pick. Plus I love that two. pick. Like I said, Kingsbury's not using Kyler Wright. Maybe his shoulder's still hurt. Um, I'm all in that. I believe Daniel Jones is a questionable this week. So it might not be Colt McCoy. Either which way. Which would be better. Which yeah, would be better, yeah, right? Absolutely. Yeah. That yeah. <laughs> helps them for sure. You know, it's, it's weird. When I looked at, at our site, uh, that game uh, wasn't listed. So maybe they're figuring out uh, what's going on at quarterback uh, before they listed. Yeah, but I just went on to the a consensus site and saw it was plus two. So I'm going off that number right now. And speaking of Colt McCoy, on, on our prop sheet from Tough League, I think one, one of the props was higher combined uh, yards. Colt McCoy passing or DK Metcalf and Tyler Lockett receiving combined. And just seeing – I watched some of the game, and I saw that the Giants won 17-12, and I was like, I picked Colt McCoy passing yards. I was like, lock that in. And I look, and I was like, Colt McCoy passed for 105. Like, what the hell? That did not work out for me. Goldman had a couple of big runs. It was a good game for him. But the G-Men's defense quietly – very, very good. Very good. I actually like them a lot. Uh, on to me. I'm sticking with my second pick being a spicy big underdog. <laughs> I tried talking myself out of this one, but I'm, I'm just going to hammer it. Give me the New York Jets plus 13 and a half against the NFC West's Seattle Seahawks. I actually, the Jets on offense – I know Adam Gase is in charge, but they actually have weapons. So if if Gase can get out of his own way and Darnold can sling the ball around a little bit, which you can do very well against the Seattle Seahawks, Jamison Crowder, you have Brashard Perriman, you have Denzel Mims, you have Raleigh's own Braxton Berrios, you have Ty Johnson, one-time Detroit Lion, great out there toting the ball 20 one times for 104 yards and a touchdown last week and adding two receptions for 13 yards – I think they'll keep up. I don't think it's that crazy. The over-under right now is at 47, and they're not letting Russ cook anymore. Let Russ cook is over. That era is done. They are toting the ball off to Chris Carson and Carlos Hyde way too much. So give me the Jets plus 13 and a half. It's going to be a slow, slow game. And like I said earlier, Niz, I teased it with that the Missouri plus 13 pick. Give me a slow game and a big spread. I'll take Jets plus 13 and a half. How devastating – I mean, ultimately, it probably works out best for the Jets. They're going to get the first pick overall. But how devastating was that loss this past Sunday? They had it all but sealed. And then Derek Carr, of all people, throws a Hail Mary, gets the walk-off win. It just ugly. It was the most Jets way to lose. Um, but I, I don't hate betting the Jets right now. I think they're a little bit better with Darnold at the helm. And I think that the, there's, there's potential to, to get that cash for you. I, I love the pick. I think the Jets are a lot better than Owen, whatever the hell they are, Owen 12. Um, but yeah, I like that pick a lot. I think if you were given even money to bet Jets to go winless, do you take it? Yeah, I you have to look at their schedule. Yeah, I don't know that. I don't know their remaining schedule. I don't know that there's anybody that they're going to beat. Um, yeah, I, I, I don't think that they're a team that's going to register to win this year, but I do think that they are a little bit better. I think Darnold is gonna at least keep them in ball games, and and thirteen is a lot, um, especially from just a team that's looked real sloppy lately. I I exactly. believe they'll be going zero sixteen. They face Seattle, Rams, Browns, Patriots. Yeah. Oh boy. Three of the four on the road. Only the Browns at home. Sure. Sure. I think yeah, they're, they're actually like minus one ten right now, but 
I'm tempted to even take the minus one town on going winless. Yeah, I don't. I don't think they're pulling one out. I think uh, this past Sunday was their best opportunity. Um, All right, boy. We made our picks, and now we're looking at flights. We're checking times. We're taking PTO off work, and we're looking for that ticket. We're looking for the right time to pound to punch our ticket to Pound Town. Take the flight, Niz. What is it going to take for you to get to Pound Town? What is it? What's your Pound Town lock of the week? This one feels a little bit dirty um, because I feel like this is probably a bet that a lot of the public is looking at and seeing. Um, But I've looked at this game several different ways, and I just don't see another way that this game ends up. I am looking at the Miami Hurricanes playing against the North Carolina Tar Heels. Tar Heels are coming into town. It is technically a ranked battle in the ACC. The over-under is at 68 right now. This is another one of those games. And, and again, I had this confidence with uh, NC State and Liberty a couple of weeks ago, but I'm renewing. I'm doubling down with this confidence and saying this game is going to be bonkers. It's going to be out of hand. I'm thinking we're almost at the over at halftime. Like I want to pit the over and I want to bet my future home that we're moving into <laughs> shortly. I want two of them. Give me the over on this game. I'm, I'm saying both teams get into the 40s. We approach triple digits with the total 48, 45 Miami wins the over cashes. No problem. If it was higher than that, I would still bet it. I'm saying into the seventies, no problem. We cash it. God, I love the energy on that one. This doesn't not only want to go to pound town. He wants to take his friends and family and his sixth grade classmates to pound town with them and just get out there and have a great time, you know? So over 68 Miami, over or Miami against UNC. This is an NC State household here in Raleigh, so UNC can score zero and Miami can score 100 for all I care. Let's make it happen. Over 68, lock it in. Uh, Jez, let's get you off the schneid. Let's get you out there. Let's get you a ticket on the plane to Pound Town. What you got? Yeah, I got to I gotta get a win in Pound Town here. Um, yeah, just it's an exact same bet as last week. Mirror, Colts minus three. There's much, not much left to say here, except the Raiders are bad. They don't deserve their 7-5 and five record. They may play well at home, but that Raiders defense is going to give up a lot of yardage and a lot of points to the Colts. And just like my bet last week, the Raiders offense will not be able to keep up with the Colts defense. Um, and they almost gave the Jets their first win, as we spoke to earlier. 41-27 Colts. Lock it in, Pound Town. Love it. I think that's Colts have been on the tough league pick sheet three weeks in a row now. This squad has a lot of confidence in the Colts and their really good defense. And Phillip Rivers is still slinging it out there. Hell, let's do it. That is a lock-in for Pound Town Jazz Colts minus three. And your inaugural Pound Town lock. I know you want to see what all the fuss is about. You want to get there. What's going to punch your ticket to Pound Town? Tell us about it. Yeah, I, I got to go back to the well. Uh, and it wouldn't be right for me to join and do some official picks without getting some action of my own. Uh, so we're going to take it out. Uh, to Muncie, Indiana. We got Western Michigan at Ball State. Uh, first, what kind of intrigued me on this one was the, was the total. Is that 68? I was kind of looking at that for a while, and the, and the deeper I, d- I dove into it, uh, the more it just screamed at me, Western Michigan, on this one. Uh, both teams are coming off equally impressive or un- unimpressive results. Uh, Ball State steamrolled uh, Central Michigan last week on the road by 25, and Western Michigan was upset at home. Uh, by Eastern Michigan, or maybe on the road. I can't remember where that one was, but they lost as two touchdown favorites. But the good news for Western Michigan 
is that they still control their destiny for the for the MAC title appearance. So uh, I think they're going to right the ship here. I think they go um, in, into Muncie and then they handle business. The rain kind of threw me off the total. I would still lean over on that. Um, but um, sources in Kalamazoo have been telling me it's been a great week of practice. So I think Western Michigan goes in money line. I'm going here. Uh, Western Ooh. Michigan money line. They went 38-31. Oh, oh, those, aren't, those aren't real teams. Stop it. <laughs> I, I, I just had to say Kalamazoo. I had to get Kalamazoo. Is, is there anybody more reliable than our sources in Kalamazoo? No, <laughs> absolutely not. Well, we're going to have to have the Kalamazoo sources on the pod one of these days because that, that sounds like an absolute lock-in from Ange for Pound Town. He wants to get there, and maybe he will if we get a we get a Western Michigan money line. Lock that in. And for mine, I'm not going to spend a ton of time on it. Atlanta against the Los Angeles Chargers. And if I told you that the Atlanta and Chargers over-under was lower than the Tennessee and Jacksonville over-under, you'd say I'm crazy, but I'm not. Maybe it's Vegas It's crazy because Atlanta and the Chargers over-under is only at 50. 50, that's it, for two teams that just sling that bitch all over the damn field. They're not going to run the ball very much. Austin Eckler is going to get like 15 targets. Todd Gurley's hurt. He's not going to run the ball very much. They don't give the ball to Brian Hill, Edo Smith, uh, Quandre Allison, whoever they, else they have in the backfield of Atlanta, they're going to sling it. Literally, Atlanta has passed the ball on 67% of their plays. And I'm looking close to the camera as I say that. 67% of the plays in the last two weeks when the game is within one score. And you know what the, the spread is? It's two and a half in Atlanta's favor. So that game's going to be within one score. I think we're getting a discount on the Chargers getting shut out against the Patriots last week. But you know what? Herbert's going to come back out. He's a young kid. He has amnesia. He's going to come out, sling it. Matt Ryan, old dude's going to show the young dude how it's done, sling it. And it's just going to be a back and forth Donnie Brook. I don't care who wins. I don't care what the spread is. I don't. All I care about is it's going over 50, and you can lock that in for me right now. That's it. Pound Town Lock of the Week. Passionate about that one, are you? I can't believe that Atlanta and Chargers over under is lower than Titans and Jags. That's insane to me. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe it's one of those things where like that seems low and bet the under, but screw it. I'm taking it. Seven six final. (laughs) (laughs) It might happen too. After after that whole thing, it's gonna happen. So we got our picks in. Ange got his inaugural three picks. We wait until Sunday to lock in uh, the winners there. And now we go on to the second week of our segment where we take questions from Tough League and other listeners. And I have now dubbed it Tough Questions. I have a sixer of tough questions for you guys. Now, um, now before you jump in to, to oh, what we got coming down the pipeline oh, here, I, we got we to bring it back to last week, um, specifically to my question, because I think there was a bit of an oversight uh, when you guys were talking about the horse-sized duck or the 100 duck-sized horses. You guys didn't consider the bill on this duck, the wings. You, you said just gonna mm. jump on its back and strangle it. Like you think it's that easy? It can just flap you off. The the bill. I think they have like little grips on the inside of their the little beak right there. That the, a horse sized duck's bill is probably I don't know the size of like a skateboard coming at your head and just packing you. You better watch out. So, uh, but that being said, I think you guys still still made the right call. I have terribly sensitive shins, so uh, the thought of a whole bunch of horses stampeding at me. Um, is utterly terrifying. So I would still take the, the duck, that being said, but you guys just wrote the duck off too quickly. Um, and and you know, I think you guys need to show a little more respect to the duck. Do not we- sleep on the horse-sized duck is what he's saying. He's coming exactly. in here letting us know that's the right choice, but but you're not going to sleepwalk through this battle. And, oh, and a, li- a listener of the pod, uh, John Roman, who texted me a day after listening to it, loved it. He wanted to weigh in on the duck horse situation. 
He would say, he'd say he'd fight a horse-sized duck just enough not to kill it, then raise it back to health, domesticate it, turn it into a weapon. Shout out, John Lennon. That's a great <laughs> answer. Oh, <wow. laughs> Take it next level. Yeah. Just weaponize the horse-sized duck. You might be onto something. Just get, Thank just you. bring back the whole dinosaur age. Screw it. Thank you, John Roman. Teach the duck HM1, and they can uh, fly all over town. There you go. Groceries, all kind of stuff. That's not a bad call. Uh, maybe we maybe we just need a, a recurring segment each week just to further the discussion of the the horse size duck because I feel like there's a lot out there that we really need to dive into. I think yes. Ange clearly illuminated that we were taking this a little too lightly, and so let's just let's each take some time this week and really reflect on our choices and why we made them. Yeah, and if listeners, if you have an opinion on it, much like John Roman did, official John Roman getting the hashtag friend of the show, uh, John Roman, if anyone else has an opinion on horse size duck, email it to us at toughleapod at gmail.com and we, we'll read it on air and, and we'll see what we think about it. So let's move on to the new questions this week. As you guys noticed in past weeks, we usually go over current events and doing this weekly, there's not a ton that happens week over week. Those guys getting caught for PEDs, there's Odell Beckham liking poop fetishes, whatever it is. Uh, we don't need to talk about this week, but we do have a question from a listener. Michelle out in California asks, and I think this is great for the two college football guys that we have on the show because uh, he's, a, he's a polarizing figure. Baker Mayfield, he had a great game against Tennessee. Could he become a consistent quarterback moving forward? Is it time to start liking his game on the field when we like his State Farm commercials? What do you guys think? Is I... I like Baker Mayfield. I like Baker Mayfield. I like my wife loves the commercials that he has uh, with his wife uh, in the stadium. I think he's a good character. I think he's good for the game. Uh, he brings some youth and he brings some energy. I think he's just an okay quarterback. I think uh, he's undersized at the position. I think he has the potential to make great throws, but I think that he often makes some pretty ugly throws. Uh, a couple weeks ago, I know he left somebody wide open across the middle. Uh, for a touchdown. I think he's going to be a serviceable quarterback for the next six to eight years. I don't think he's going to be uh, a guy that turns up on a lot of MVP ballots. So you're telling me he's going to become a Mike Lennon style backup and I'm going to be betting uh, an over under on him starting for a hurt quarter, uh, two hurt quarterbacks eight years from now, eight years from now, we're going to, we're going to be pounding the over on a Baker Mayfield <laughs> that has no playoff implications we're going to have thousands of dollars on it. I think it's good for the league if he's good. I don't know if he's good. I mean, he just played against a team that can't stop absolutely anybody, and I just bet the Jags to assist them in going over the total as they beat down the Titans. But uh, he's looked better this year. The Jack, they're 9-3, they're and three, the Browns? I don't believe that. If you told me that, I'd say you're wrong. You can show me every win, and I'm still not going to believe you. The Browns are 9-3. and three. That's crazy. Uh, Jess, you have any opinion on, on Baker? Yeah. Um, I'm actually a big Baker Mayfield fan. Um, I think he's a good quarterback. Um, he is undersized. He doesn't have the best accuracy. Love the commercials. I think they're hilarious. Um, but I did think he bit off more than he could chew with these commercials. He's not an elite quarterback, but he has, you know, <laughs> these type of commercials. Um, uh, let's, let's, let's give this guy some protection. Um, he's got one of the best wide receivers in the league in Odell Beckham. Um, he's got Jarvis Landry, who's an above average uh, wide receiver. And um, I just see him having a, um, a Philip Rivers type career, but better. I think he becomes a clutch type quarterback um, 
we all know how Philip Rivers is, is with less than two minutes in the game, interceptions all day, strip sacks all day. I think he's um, – I do think – I don't think he'll ever become an elite quarterback, but I do think he can um, tickle the great quarterback um, category. You're talking Philip Rivers, future Hall of Famer Philip Rivers. He's just – Philip Rivers is a Hall of Famer because he's had a long career. He's a compiler. I think, guys – I think we, I think we finally, we, we've established our, our hot take machine on the pod. And that is one Jesse Ridge is the hot take machine that we have on the podcast. Yeah. Yeah. We have to have someone to polarize uh, the opinions over here. And Jesse's not afraid to do that for me, for me, Baker, uh, he's kind of like a bloody Mary. Like I want to like him more than I actually do. You know, uh, he's, he's, he's just too inconsistent for me. Uh, I think when he was surrounded with uh, OBJ, Landry and Chubb and, and couldn't get it done. Um, I think that kind of sealed the deal for me as, as kind of just writing him off. I mean, I think he'll stick around the league for uh, plenty of years, but um, he's never going to be a guy that I think is going to reach that, that upper echelon. And I think let, that, gen- yeah, let's be clear about Philip Rivers as a hall of famer, much like his children. It's really a quantity over quality thing. <laughs> <laughs> Hey, quantity gets you there. It's a, it's a skill in of itself to be uh, long standing in the league and put up numbers constantly. If someone wants to pay you to play to play into your forties. Hell, I'm gonna take that money all day long, Ichiro style. I'm playing at 45. I don't care. Um, I think that the general consensus besides Jesse is Baker Mayfield. Meh. We want him to be good. We don't think he's gonna be, but meh. Uh, we're gonna move on to another question from a uh, official, I think, friend of the show. Uh, I think because she's a tough league manager, but she's a friend of the show. Uh, Kelly herself asked a great question last week and came with another one this week. I'm curious what you guys think about this one. What's something that wasn't worth all the hype? Let's say recently to you guys, or even in your lifetime, what wasn't worth the hype that you tried to really get into, but just couldn't do it. Just start us off. Um, I'm going to go very broad here and maybe a little depressing, but being an adult, Absolutely sucks. Um, there's there's too much um, daily tasks to do, and you got to start taking care of your body once you get to when you start creeping up to thirty. You got to start taking care of your body, and um, you know, and it, and you go to you go to some vices, and uh, you know, it's not uh, it's not all as hyped up to be. I wish I was a kid again. I wish I had no responsibilities. Being an adult, lock it in. <laughs> not an answer i was expecting and what do you got for us uh, for, for me uh, it, it was a real quick experiment uh, and that was Fortnite. uh i gave it one game uh and and it quickly learned uh that you know having uh, eight-year-old kids to slaughter me online was not something that was my kind of cup of tea and i didn't have the patience to kind of stick around and uh and give it a true shot so that was um, a, a real slap in the face a humbling experience um but i uh, didn't really see uh what in there what was what was for me so i had to to get a quick x name and, and carry on in my life i gave it a go myself not a fan is anything that you just couldn't get get on board with you know uh this is gonna get a lot of flack well it would get a lot of flack if we had listeners in sonoma county napa county where where andrew and i are from <laughs> i just i can't get into wine um you know i'm from the wine country i was born and raised here spent a lot of time with people telling me, oh, the best wine in the world is from here. I just don't care that much. Like I'll take a good beer any day of the week over a glass of nice wine. I just can't do it. Um, you know, those fancy wineries out there, send me a $200 bottle of wine, change my mind. But right now I'm just, <laughs> it's not my thing. I'll take yeah, a $200 not- bottle of wine too, if those are coming around. <laughs> yeah. The, the wine up here, I mean, yeah, getting into wine is, I mean, not, that I'm into that, uh, 
by any means. I mean, I am into wine, but I'm not like a, a snooty guy uh, quite yet, but it's definitely an acquired taste. And the, the thing I appreciate about wine is that it's not as filling as beer. So, and it has the high alcohol content. Um, and you can make a nice romantic evening out of it. Um, it's pretty, it's, it's, ver it's more versatile than, than you, than you would think it would be. Um, but uh, yeah, I think it's definitely something that you just got to stick with and, and kind of ride out and then you'll, you'll kind of start developing that kind of stuff. Speaking as a uh, member of uh, two wine clubs. So. Oh, okay. Throw that out <laughs> Williamson wines to me. What's up? <laughs> Nate, I respect your opinion, but I, but you're wrong. Wine, wine is absolutely great. Uh, and then move on. <laughs> not going to let you fight back on that one either. Cause I'm going to move on to the next question from literal number one fan friend of the show. Uh, Grant Ono Gene himself. He gives us another uh, bone Mary pass for the week. Gave us the office last week and he's going. And again, you guys saw one in the main chat, but I hit Gene on the separate on the personal and said, give me one to surprise the guys. I want to get oh. you guys on your toes. You guys don't know what's coming. He is going with the Adam Sandler uh, character bone Mary pass. He's killing going, Drew Barrymore right now. He's going not not on there, unfortunately. So it's it's the Whoa. fictional character version: Veronica okay. Vaughn, Billy Madison, Layla Maloney, Big Daddy, and Virginia Bennett from Happy Gilmore. I'll go ahead and go first in case you guys do need to look up and get a reminder of who they are, because um, I, I I got a chance to think about it a little bit. Um, gotta marry Layla just an absolute person you just want to lock up she has a head on her shoulders great job beautiful just i really think she treats you right in a marriage i feel like she'd put you and put your her, her, yourself in front of herself and you just you'd really want to treat her well because she just deserves it so i'm gonna go with the mary layla and i'm gonna pass oh boy oh i'm i just i got a bone veronica vaughn I, I just, just the, the kid and myself watching uh, Billy Madison back in the day and Veronica Vaughn doing the strip tease while he's just getting some vocabulary right or whatever the hell it was, or uh, it was years in history. I just, I need that in my life. So I'm going Veronica Vaughn. And unfortunately, I think Virginia is a good Mary candidate, actually, because he seemed like she was doing a lot and you're just around golf all the time. You probably can't be mad at that. So uh, give me, I'll, I'll pass on Virginia. I'll, I'll take Veronica on a night out. Um, I think it'd be a great night out, honestly. So Bone Veronica, Mary Layla, and Pass on Virginia. And what do you got for us in those three? I know you're not a big movie guy, but hopefully yeah. you can get us uh, on this one. I have seen uh, the has been a while. Um, let me go. Let me, let me do a little Google research. Uh, I got I'll tell you right now. Uh, no, let me let me hop in, Ange, because I feel very strongly <laughs> about this. I feel like I have been ready for this question for a lot of my life. So you do your research. I need to explain to Logan why he's wrong. You do not let Veronica Vaughn walk out of your life after one night. You <laughs> wife up Veronica Vaughn and you just keep it forever. I don't care who else is on the list. Veronica Vaughn, I guarantee when I was like nine years old, before I knew how it worked, I was like rubbing down there and, and <laughs> myself to Veronica Vaughn. And I apologize if that's too graphic for our podcast listeners. <laughs> But she awoke something inside of me very early on. So Veronica Vaughn will be my wife. Um, I'm going to bone uh, Layla. I, I, I don't remember all the names other than Veronica Vaughn. Uh, Layla was very sweet. Um, she'd, she'd probably be a lovely time. Um, and then I'm going to pass on um, 
on what's her name from Happy Gilmore. Um, she was okay. She was fine. I feel like she was a little bit forgettable um, in that role. It's it's the mom from Modern Family. Am I right? Is that? Am I remembering yeah. that correctly? Yep. Yep. Okay. So sweet, but just uh, she was a second second fiddle in that in that. And uh, Veronica Vaughn, please marry me. <laughs> <laughs> to this day. <laughs> Most, what do you got? Um, I have to agree with uh, I have to agree with Niz here. I'm going to also marry Veronica Vaughn. Um, but I think, hold on, one second. Um, and go go ahead if you if you have it ready. I want I want to pull something up. Um, we're yeah, yeah. Up. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm not going to get too in depth with this because, like I said, I have seen the movies. Happy Gilmore, I've seen dozens of times uh but i will say billy madison and big daddy i've seen only a, a couple times uh that being said doing a quick little google image uh search to to whet the appetite a little bit here um i'm gonna go um let, let's just get rid of let's just get rid of uh maloney right now uh, she's not really a contender for me I, I didn't her voice didn't really do much for me if i recall correctly I that. Yeah. Um, that was something that kind of turned me off so that wasn't ever really a contender for me so it really came down to uh, miss bennett and miss vaughn um, and I'm going to go uh, Bone, Mrs. Vaughn. Of and we're going to marry uh, Bennett because uh, I, I was a big fan of, of um, uh, Modern Family back when, when, that, when that came out. And she just seems like wife material. Uh, I think someone that um, isn't going to leave me where I think Vaughn would uh, be looking uh, at the side of her eye for the next best thing. So uh, I'm going to go with uh, Bone Vaughn, uh, marry Bennett and, and get rid of Maloney. Oh, Veronica Vaughn would absolutely cheat on me. I just want to be sure. <laughs> It'd be okay. Oh, but I don't care. Now, moving over to me, I'd like to add that Veronica Vaughn is one hot piece of ace. You know what I'm talking about. But anyway, I've agreed with Niz. I'm going to marry Veronica Vaughn. That is just, uh, that's a dream girl. Um, I'm probably going to bone Layla Maroney. I feel like she's a little, uh, shout out Jen Levinson, a little freak in the sheets. You know what I'm saying? And I'm going to pass on Virginia Bennett. But I'd like to add that one woman in an Adam Sandler movie is better than all three of these. I don't know if you guys know what's coming, but Vicky Valencourt (laughs) is an absolute dime. And she would win out of all three of these. Um, That's my take. That's it. I was when I was texting with Gene about this, I was like, you want to put Vicky Valencourt in there? And then I was like, nah, everyone just choose to bone her and move on. That's an easy one. She was just, she just looked like the absolute best time. She's like somehow not attractive, but you're like, yeah, oh, she's so fucking attractive. Like yeah, dude, there's yes. no reason to it. Such a perfect way to put it. Yeah. Oh, yeah, but let's say Adam Sandler knows how to cast his, uh, his female leads. We can put it that way. And I don't think that's on accident. Um, okay, I'm gonna go with, we're going to go with a, with a question from Brady. He actually gave us a question last week, and I failed to ask it on the pod last week. So uh, we can make this one relatively quick because the next question is really good, and I want to hear everyone's about it. I'm sorry, Brady, you're going to give me crap for that. But if you could only watch one sport for the rest of your lives, what would it be? Baseball. Uh, <laughs> baseball, most. Done. College and, football for me. Nate? Yeah, if, we could, if we're, we're just going one, uh, I would love to take football as a whole, but college football. Yeah, I think I'll just go uh, – I'll go NFL. No, no, I'm going baseball just because baseball every day. NFL got to wait weekly and then got to – I think I'm just going to go baseball just for the pure volume of, uh, of intake on it. Um, 
So two baseballs and two college footballs. We're, uh-huh. we're really differentiating ourselves here, guys. I, I do um, want to give a quick shout out uh, yeah. to soccer as being a close second for me. I know Brady, the asker of the question, would appreciate that. Um, but soccer, specifically the EPL and a kind of European competition, especially the World Cup, um, that is uh, not miss uh, viewing for me. But just a sheer amount of, uh, of, of games in college football, plus all the betting action that we get in on it. I'm not sure if I can go without that. But nobody else would appreciate the soccer pick. <laughs> all right we're gonna we're gonna finish on this question it's from uh it's from big t he got us a question here this week uh if you were called upon for whatever reason as a 30 year old man to join your local high school's football game on saturday as the running back because just every possible running back other than you has been depleted and you're the last choice you show up on saturday to be the running back for this high school team how many yards do you rush for Nate, do you want to start us with that one? So we're saying 20 carries, right? And we're saying a freshman team, correct? Freshman team, 20 carries guaranteed. How many yards? I'm, I'm going to be the guy. I feel confident that I can get you three yards per touch, three yards in a cloud of dust. And if you get me at the goal line, I'm going to get in there and I'm going to score at the goal line. So I'm going to say 20 carries, and I maybe bust one out. So 20 carries, 67 yards. <laughs> 69. <laughs> and I'm going to get you two goal line touchdowns. There's going to be no pass blocking. There will be no blocking of any kind. Um, I'm going to need a breather. I'm not the three down back. I'm going to maybe go first first down and then third down. That's it. Uh, but give me 20, 67 yards, two touchdowns. Yeah, that's a good fantasy day. <laughs> you want a good fantasy day? I'll give you a good fantasy day. I, I might be a little uh, cocky on this one a little bit here. I'm thinking. I mean, have you guys seen Freshman Boys recently? No, dude. We no, 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 Andrew. <laughs> I have not. Oh, well, Go ahead and tell myself. us about him. <laughs> yeah, so you guys don't wear trench coats and walk around school parts. Um, no, I mean, so so recently I coached high school basketball and. Uh, at the varsity level, but seeing some of these kids that come through the gym that are freshmen, they are rail thin. They haven't developed any muscles yet. Not that I'm the biggest guy out there. I mean, I am fat wise, but not strength wise. Uh, I gave myself 120 yards. I'm going six Ooh. yards per carry. Um, you know, I, see, I'm having a, a chat with the coach. I'm saying, look, spread my five carries over each quarter. You know, give me like a couple minutes in between so I can get just a, a big, a big gas run. Cause my, uh, endurance is definitely not there, but I think I can break off, break some tackles. I don't think these kids are really going to have the technique down. Uh, like kind of lower my shoulder a little bit. Um, I, I think 123 touchdowns, 30 points for your fantasy team, and, and that's my big showing. And you're a you're a Peloton guy, so you you've got some Ooh. stamina built up right yeah, now. People legs. have compared my my quads to Saquon Barkley. I have got that. Comparison, <laughs> so, I've heard that. Um, that's what makes me a little more confident in the yards per carry. Listen, I thought when, when T came across with this question, I thought it was a college football question. I was going to give you maybe 35 yards in a day. But if this is a high school football question, we're talking 13, 14-year-olds trying to stop me from getting a touchdown and from getting yards, I'm getting you an easily 90 to 100 yards. Anytime <laughs> my O-line breaks a coverage, I am stiff-arming and trucking anybody that comes through. That line. I'm yep. giving you at least four and, a, four and a half yards per carry. Um, these I'm, I, you know, I'm a six foot athletic five tool phenom athlete, and I I'll absolutely crush every single one of these old lines and linebackers. Um, 
as long as we don't see any uh, Samoan linebackers out there because the, those boys are big. <laughs> you know, you guys are very confident in your abilities. And to the, those, those freshman kids are rail thin, no muscle. I'm 31 years old. I'm still rail thin, no muscles. I'm pretty sure Derek Henry lifted more weights yesterday than I have in my entire life. I've had two knee reconstructions. I'm, I'm toting it off the first carry and tearing my ACL for a third time, calling it a game, not even get my 20 carries, negative three yards. That's it. They regret asking me. They go empty backfield the rest of the game and don't score a point. That's it for me. That's it for the podcast. Episode three, Nate. Jesse, Ange, they said we couldn't do the four-man pod. No one said it. We saw a graphic on Twitter. It happened. We got there. Follow us on Twitter at T-U-F underscore pod. Send listener questions to toughleaguepod at gmail.com. We'll talk to you all next week. Good luck on your picks. Sweat it with us and stay tough. Thank you for joining.